This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Built by Bama online podcast presents Daybreak for Friday, June the 5th, 2020. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you here on Daybreak three times per week, Monday, Wednesday, and a TGIF edition of the podcast as we get you ready for another weekend. Look, going to be a lot of COVID-19 talk on the podcast this morning. We're also later on going to get into making the case for redshirt senior tight end Miller Forstall to perhaps catch as many as 40 passes during the 20. 20 season. We'll do that coming up in just a little bit, but the major storyline coming out of Tuscaloosa on Thursday, coronavirus strikes the Alabama football team. We've talked about it here on the podcast in previous installments that you shouldn't be surprised when you hear about the virus perhaps impacting Alabama. You've seen it around college football, college athletics in recent days, Oklahoma State here recently, Nebraska, Ole Miss, Marshall, Arkansas State. So that list is going to continue to grow, and Alabama was added to it on Thursday. Now, as Charlie Potter reported for us there on Thursday afternoon, multiple sources have informed BOL that, in fact, uh, that a handful of players, uh, upon returning to Tuscaloosa and being tested for the virus, did, in fact, test positive. So uh, we'll see how this progresses moving forward. We've talked about it here in recent episodes, how critical the month of June is going to be in terms of how the college football season in general lays out for us in the coming months. So much on the shoulders of individuals like Jeff Allen, the head athletic trainer at Alabama. Also, your new strength and conditioning duo, of David Ballou and Dr. Matt Ray. So it is literally a day-by-day situation because it's unprecedented uh, what these folks are dealing with right now in college athletics with student athletes returning to campus. And you know what Alabama did as a university, really not forthcoming in a lot of information, understandably so, because there are HIPAA laws in place to protect the student athletes or individuals who may have uh, tested positive uh, here in the last few days. But if we go by some of the protocols that you're seeing at other athletic departments around the country in connection with the coronavirus, say Oklahoma State, again, using the Cowboys here in the last few days with three of its football players, their football players testing positive for the virus, uh, there is a published protocol for OSU that states if a student athlete, coach, or support staff member test positive for COVID-19, they will enter the quarantine protocol per medical, local, and state health department and university guidelines and will begin to receive the appropriate monitoring 
and treatment from the team physician, athletic training staff, and any other medical consultants. You would think that would be the case pretty much everywhere else. Interesting also to note that by Oklahoma State protocol, if a student athlete tests positive for the coronavirus, uh, he or she will be moved to separate housing designated by the university for quarantine purposes. And you kind of go from there. You get into contact tracing, you get into a stretch that, you know, after the determined quarantine time, if the traced contract group is not showing symptoms, they will be retested for COVID-19 prior to resuming activities. So there is a stringent protocol that is in place. The Southeastern Conference, in connection with its member institutions, has had a plan in place, totally anticipating this scenario unfolding like it has here in the last few days at the University of Alabama. Now, there has been some good news elsewhere in the SEC. We talked about Ole Miss and Alabama that we know of right now in terms of some positive tests for COVID-19. I see where the University of Florida reported on Thursday that of its 53 returning players who were tested, none of the Gators in that group were positive. So that is some good news. Is it realistic to think the University of Florida will go the entirety of the upcoming stretch with each and every one of its student athletes that is on campus and getting into organized team activities going perfect uh, with with negative tests? No, probably not. You know, so that's why it's going to continue to be important to see how these programs, these athletic departments proceed once they do have negative tests. And again, with full anticipation that this was going to be the case. And I think what it tells us, too, that when there is a positive test, or two or three or four, that's not going to result in a shutdown of these programs. Again, what you're going to see is the positive, those who test positive are going to put it, be put into quarantine and uh, sort of designated facilities. And uh, you're going to continue to test and continue to try to, to move forward. But we just don't know. We don't know the end result of all this because uh, it goes back to this being very much a novel situation in that we don't have a history. We don't have a background with this. Certainly, uh, when you talk about athletics uh, at the the NFL, the professional and and power five type of, of situations that are out there. Also of interest, I thought on Thursday, and this is probably more in relation to you know the matchup of Alabama and the University of Southern California set for September the 5th, as we know there, at Jerry World in Arlington, Texas. Texas Governor Greg Abbott said on Wednesday that attendance capacity has been raised to 50% in an effort to further open the state economy Amid the coronavirus pandemic, Abbott's order takes the state of Texas's um, sort of protocol to phase three, and it covers professional, collegiate, and other similar sporting events, and it goes into effect immediately. Abbott had this to say to television station KDFW late Wednesday night, according to Abbott, and I quote here, 
stadiums, whether it be where the Mavericks play or the Texas Rangers play or the Dallas Cowboys play, will be able to seat 50% capacity. So, Governor Abbott, in the state of Texas, if you're kind of wondering what a fan occupancy scenario might look like for Alabama and Southern California on September the 5th, maybe an indication right there. And if it's at 50% that we're talking about uh, on June the 5th, barring a major outbreak or major setbacks, uh, perhaps you could see that number increase uh, by the time early September rolls around. Speaking of the state of Texas, do you see last night you had some collegiate baseball out there in the Bryan College Station area? The collegiate summer baseball invitational got underway last night, and there was an Alabama tie to the event. Alabama sophomore pitcher Dylan Smith pitched two scoreless innings in game one of Thursday night's doubleheader. Smith was dominant in doing so. Two scoreless innings, had that fastball into the low to mid-90s, and had four strikeouts. So uh, you had something on ESPN2, I guess it was, last night to sort of capture your attention in terms of live sports content, and that was the Collegiate Summer Baseball Invitational. Hey, not a lot, but you'll take what you can get at this point. We're going to head to our break here, and when we come back, we're going to make the case for redshirt senior tight end Miller Forrestall. 40 balls, 40 catches, think he can get there in 2020? A lot of moving pieces involved in that sort of projection, but we'll break into it when daybreak on a Friday, part of the Built by Bama online podcast returns right after this. And we're back with more of Daybreak on this Friday, part of the Built by Bama Online podcast. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you. And we're going to take a little bit of a deep dive into projecting a potential season for redshirt senior tight end Miller Forstall in 2020. And really, when you talk about Miller Forstall, unfortunately for him, it's been far more about injury to this point in his Alabama career as anything else. Got off to a good enough start in 2016, came in as a true freshman and an early enrollee in 2016. And in a two tight end class that included Irv Smith Jr., it was actually Miller Forstall, speaking of USC and games in Jerry World, it was Miller Forstall that started that 2016 season opener against SC. And that's notable because you still had O.J. Howard on your roster. You still had Hale Hentges on your roster. You had what would become a three-and-out tight end in Irv Smith Jr. But to open that season in 2016, it was Forrestal. Now, you get into 2017, and in the third game of the season, Forrestal, on his lone grab of that season, goes down with a torn ACL against Colorado State here in Tuscaloosa. So he goes on in the two seasons that would follow to miss a grand total of 15 games because a year ago, as I'm sure you recall, he had the throat injury 
against Arkansas that involved his larynx, among other things. That injury cost him all of the month of November last season. So again, 15 missed games between the 2017 and 2019 seasons. The knee injury in 2017, and not just that with the knee and the throat, but between all of that, really a year ago at this time, he was coming off a, a foot injury that he was trying to return from in time for the start of fall camp. So it's been a tumultuous stretch in terms of health for Miller Forstall. And so with that, his career receptions total sits at just 21 going into his final campaign. 15 of those came a year ago, totaling 167 yards and four touchdowns. If there was sort of a silver lining to Miller Forstall's 2019 season there towards the end of it anyway. It was that he did return in time for the Citrus Bowl matchup against Michigan, and he had a strong finish to that game. Three catches for 36 yards and a touchdown reception for Mac Jones there that kind of helped put that game on ice for the Alabama Crimson Tide. So you consider what Alabama's losing in terms of reception production from the wide receiver spots with Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs III. You're talking about from a year ago, between those two guys, 117 receptions for Judy and Ruggs a year ago. They have moved on. So you consider the fact that John Mechie may very well vault his way into that top three to go along with Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell, but you're still going to need another guy or two. So you kind of look back at 2018 and you think about, well, what about the year that Irv Smith had a couple of seasons ago? 44 catches, 710 yards. Most impressive about Irv Smith Jr., even when you talk about the 40-plus receptions, is the 16.1 yards per catch he averaged in 2018. To this point, Miller Forstall has averaged 12 yards per catch and you wonder about the offensive style a little bit too here's the thing about Forrestall like Irv Smith Jr. you can be very flexible with your personnel because Miller Forrestall you can line up at the H Uh, you can line him up as a inline tight end a lot of the 11 personnel that has been so prominent in what Alabama has utilized here, especially in the last couple of seasons. And when we talk 11 personnel, we're talking one running back, we're talking one tight end. He gives you that flexibility. Uh, So if you want to continue to feature more along the lines of three wide receivers because John Mechie steps forward uh, and he's able to join Smith and Waddle as a legitimate every-down starter type, you can do that with Miller Forrestal. But you're going to have an interesting addition to that mix in Carl Tucker, the grad transfer coming in from North Carolina. Obviously, expectations will be for him to contribute significantly in what will be his only season in Tuscaloosa. There's also the very real possibility of Jalil Billingsley taking a big step forward. Uh, Billingsley was sort of a beneficiary of Miller Forrestal missing the month of November in 2019, saw his reps go up considerably. There's Major Tennyson coming back. There's Cameron Latou coming back at tight end. So in terms of numbers, you're in a good place, but it is Forrestal that you expect, assuming he can stay healthy for an extended stretch, 
to be out there more often than not. And with that, you expect his opportunities to go up again sort of dependent upon the offensive approach is it going to be more with Najee Harris on the ground you know is this going to be a team that for a third straight season is going to threaten 4,000 passing yards this offense may not be built like the last couple so that's something to keep in mind as well so that's going to do it for a Friday edition of Daybreak here on the Built by Bama online podcast as always we appreciate you joining us here on the podcast if you haven't already please consider a subscription to the Built by Bama online podcast which you can consume anywhere you do your podcasting we would also appreciate a rating and a review while you're there Thank you so much. We always appreciate you here on the podcast. Appreciate you at BamaOnline.com as well. Have a great weekend, everybody.